Welcome back to the EDM Podcast. This is episode 880. And if you're new to the show, my name is Sam Matlett. I'm the host of the EDM Podcast. And it's a show where I interview successful artists, producers, engineers, and industry experts from all over the world. Uh, and today's episode is with Laura Escudet. And she is a, she's a superstar. She does a ton of stuff. And when I was doing my research for this interview, I was blown away. Uh, So she has worked with artists like Kanye, Jay-Z. She's worked with companies like Cirque du Soleil as a live show designer, producer. She's also a violinist. She's an Ableton certified trainer. And to top all of that off, she runs a company called Electronic Creatives. Oh, and she's also a music producer too. Uh, So a ton of stuff. And we get into all of that. We get into her background, her story, how she kind of got into music, uh, her time at M Audio, her time at Ableton, what it's like on the road with these artists. Uh, We talk about how she balances music with other projects, challenging parts of the career, and also the books and resources and podcasts that have been most helpful to her. This is a great interview. I really enjoyed recording it, really enjoyed talking to her. So I hope you enjoy listening. If you do enjoy the show, I would love if you could leave a rating and review. You can do that by going to edmprod.com forward slash iTunes. That is edmprod.com forward slash iTunes. That's it for now. Without further ado, here is Laura Escudet. This episode is brought to you by EDM Foundations. EDM Foundations is my course for new producers, those who've been producing for under 12 months or even those who've just started. The whole idea of the EDM Foundations course is that you learn the fundamentals of music production by actually doing and not just learning the theoretical stuff. The course consists of over 12 hours worth of streamable video where I walk you through the creation of three songs and give you advice and tips for working on your own original alongside them. We've had over 500 people sign up for this course. Many of them have had great results. If you want to learn more about the course, head over to edmfoundations.com. Welcome back to the EDM podcast today. I'm joined by Laura Escudet. Laura, how's it going? It's going great. How are you, Sam? I'm good. I'm good. I feel a little bit uh, under the weather. I hope I'm not coming down with something, but... Oh, no. uh, Yeah, we'll we'll be good for this interview. So you've done a ton of stuff. You still do a ton of stuff. I was amazed when I was doing my research for this interview, how much or like how many different hats you wear. You've worked with Kanye West. Jay-Z, Cirque du Soleil, you're a violinist, Ableton certified trainer, uh, producer, and to top it all off, you run a company called Electronic Creatives. Is there anything I missed? Uh, <laughs> um, that pretty much sums it up, I think. I mean, there's off off branches of all that stuff, but that that's a pretty good summary. Cool. Okay. So let's take this all the way back to the start. How did you get into music as far back as you can remember? Okay. So I started playing violin when I was a small child. I saw a girl playing violin at my church and I was like, I want to play the violin. So I just got super into it and played violin and was the concert master of all these orchestras and did the whole classical music thing until I got into college. 
and I was going to school for violin performance and I was still doing the classical music thing. And then, uh, my best friend's boyfriend, uh, became a DJ. And at that time I just didn't get it. I was like, I don't understand. Why are you going to these raves? Like, this is silly. I've no, you know, I just don't understand this. Like, and then after about a year of them trying to get me to go, uh, I just decided, you know what, I'm just going to try it and see what this whole scene and culture is about. And I just absolutely fell in love with it. I, I just, I, f I felt like I'd found my people. I'd found my tribe, you know, and I completely just started, just did a 180 from the classical music. And I just started listening to all different kinds of electronic music and trying to find out the difference between like house music and down tempo music and drum and bass. And I just remember it all sounded the same to me at the beginning. And then, uh, I started just delving into the niches and you just get getting super micro and figuring out what I liked and what I didn't like. And, I was also got a job booking acts at um, a club in where I was going to college. And so I got a lot of exposure from different uh, people that were coming through there. And so, yeah, there was a lot, just a lot of eclectic people. And one of the people, uh, bands that came through, they were actually protégés of George Clinton. And uh, he has his studio. He's actually from Tallahassee, where I went to, to college at Florida State. And so pretty soon I found myself in the studio with George Clinton and all these crazy people and they were producing music and, uh, on acid pro. And, uh, I, I was like, what is this program? Like, how can I learn this? And so I just, I started playing violin with like a drum and bass DJ and started producing over at George Clinton's studio and just like, I didn't know how to work the controls or anything. I didn't know how to use the software, but I just kept telling everyone what to do. So <laughs> they were like, <laughs> okay, you need to learn how to do this. And so I just started learning and teaching myself and looking over people's shoulders and, you know, playing violin with different DJs. And it was just, it was really bad at first. I mean, like, it was just awful. I just look back and <laughs> just cringe, but it was necessary, you know, for my growth and, and just from there, I just started, you know, really, I got into learning about reason and other software and made the move to LA in 2004 and was doing a lot of teaching and uh, got a job at M audio, uh, doing tech support. How did you land that? <laughs> it's actually, it's a really funny story. So one of my keyboards was broken and I kept calling him audio and saying, Hey, this is broken. <laughs> you know, this is a piece of shit. And, uh, <laughs> what, what are you going to do about it? And I had a PC at the time and, and I was like, well, it works on a Mac. Cause I tried it on my friend's Mac and they were just like, well, just get a Mac. And I was like, well, I can't afford a Mac. And so, um, I just kept going back and forth with this guy. And then I went to some like underground, electronic music night. And I was like hanging out and started talking to this guy. And I was like, wait a minute, you're the guy from tech support that keeps <laughs> telling me that my stuff is broken and to get a, a Mac. And to, so anyway, he was like, Oh my gosh, you're, you know, that girl that I've been talking to. Anyway, he was like, do you want a job? And I was like, sure. <laughs> <laughs> so he was like impressed that I knew as much as I did. Cause I kept going back and like, no, I was like poking holes in his theories about, you know, the problem anyway. So that's how I got the job. And, uh, 
yeah, at that time, this was like uh, 2005 and Ableton was being distributed by Imadio. So in every Imadio piece of gear came uh, Ableton. And so people were calling and wondering about Ableton Live. How do we use this program? And I said, well, I don't know, but I better learn because people are going to keep calling. So I, so I learned and I just fell in love with it. And so that kind of started my journey with Ableton Live. And so you were at M Audio for how long? So I was there until 2007. And then uh, Ableton actually took back their own distribution. They started doing their, mm. their own distribution in 2007. And uh, I just, I'd become really close with the company and I said, please take me with you. And so they, uh, they did. And I became the first product specialist um, that lived outside of the, the home base, which was in New York at the time. And so it was like the first remote person to work for them. And I was doing a lot of demos and presentations and, you know, just traveling all around. So that was in 2007. So that's in 2007. And I mean, a big part of your career has been the live show design, uh, touring with the big artists. How did you get into all of that? So, um, in 2008, so I had, I also had started a consulting company. It was called Evo Tech Audio in 2008. And it's actually a bummer. I got laid off from Ableton. I was like, I was oh, no. so sad. Yeah, it was, it was the, the economy had crashed and they were like restructuring and they were kind of just like, you're remote. We don't really, you know, we're not sure about this these job structure anymore. So what they did was they actually replaced my job with the certification program. So they were like, okay, we're not going to have your job anymore, but we're going to make you a, the first certified trainer. And I was like, Oh, okay. And I was like, well, I don't know exactly what that means yet, but thank you. And I guess <laughs> awesome. So, but I was really sad cause like, but I don't have a job. Um, yeah. but that really forced me to like go out on my own and, start my own company. Cause I started looking around in the industry and I'm like, there's none of these companies I really want to work for. I mean, I'm just going to still continue to like make the same, you know, amount of money that I've been making. And there's like no room for growth for me, you know, to do what I want to do and to kind of just experience different things and travel more and all that kind of stuff. I didn't want to have like a regular nine to five job for me, mm -hmm. you know, for some people they really love that for me. I just kind of wanted to continue to be all over the place and bouncing around. So, um, so I formed the first version of electronic creatives back then. And I was doing a lot of consulting for these different brands and they were just hiring me, you know, to go and do demos and do sales stuff and kind of just champion their products and like, and uh, like Rob Pappen and F expansion and just a bunch of these niche like software brands were hiring me and uh, Ableton would also still hire me. And, you know, I was still helping with their certification program and all that kind of stuff. But uh, I'd built up all these relationships through going to, like the guitar centers and uh, Sam Ashes and West LA Musics of the world. And um, there was a sales guy at West LA Music that was like, do you want to meet with this guy? He's Kanye West's engineer. And I was like, oh yeah, sure. I've heard of that guy. <laughs> so I ended up, this is like in 2009, I ended up working with this guy, Anthony Kilhoffer and getting into that uh 
that group of people and that community there. And it was interesting because uh, they had said, hey, do you want to go on tour? But I just, um, I just agreed to move to Vegas for four months to do Cirque du Soleil. Um, so it was kind of, I was like, oh man, like, I mean, I, I wanted to do both. I ended up doing the Cirque gig and luckily the Kanye, uh, thing ended up coming back around the next year, which was, which was awesome. But yeah, Cirque du Soleil called me and said, Hey, do you want to move to Vegas for four months and live on the strip and work on the show? And I was like, sure. I had no idea. What was it like getting that phone I was just, I was stunned at the time. I was just, I, I had no idea that this was even like a profession, you know? Um, mm -hmm. I, I had a little bit of an idea, but I just didn't know um, exactly like how, you know, lucrative it could be or just like how necessary. So uh, I learned a lot. I mean, I, I went out to Vegas and spent four months there living on the strip, going in to work on the show every day and came out of that changed and moved back to LA and, you know, kept doing my consulting stuff. And I think just more and more people started hearing, you know, that I was doing this type of thing. And I just kept getting these calls and, you know, I got called back for Kanye and ended up just basically doing every tour with him since 2011. And then through that just made all other kinds of contacts and, decided that I wanted to try to clone myself. So I started uh, hiring other people and training other people to work for my company. Yeah. That's awesome. I'm going to uh, ask you more about electronic creatives later in the show, but this is a two part question because I know that a lot of people listening to this have thought about working uh, in showbiz, perhaps behind the scenes or not. What are the, best parts of touring and what are some of the more challenging or not so fun parts that people may not know about? I actually get asked this question quite a bit. Um, it seems really glamorous, you know, it's like, Oh man, you're touring. Like you're in Ibiza. You're like here, you're there. Um, but I think, okay. So the, the great parts of touring are that you get to go to Ibiza and crazy places and, just experience culture all over the world and just hang out and meet with really interesting people and learn a lot. And, um, yeah, it's exciting. You know, it's like, there's a rush that like goes into putting together a show and the last minute nature of it all. And, you know, collaborating with these people and trying to put something together. That's like the most brilliant thing that, all of you can imagine. And there's like a, a big rush in that. And so that part I really enjoy about touring. Um, and that's extended to, you know, I've worn a lot of different hats in the touring world. Like I've been behind the scenes. I also DJed for Miguel for a year and opened for him and got to do my thing as well. So that was awesome. And so it's really great when you work with artists that really want you to bring your flavor to the table and like do what you do as well as help them. And I've managed to do that in a lot of different scenarios, like through playing violin on watch the throne or DJing or, you know, all that kind of stuff. So that's, really exciting. That's the exciting thing about touring for me is just these collaborations. The not so exciting parts are just, it's just really rough, um, on your personal life. And then also just physically, mentally, I mean, some days you'll just go 
for days without a lot of sleep. And, you know, um, there's a lot of, there's as much as there's amazing personalities, sometimes there's personalities that you don't necessarily uh, want to be around, but you're just closed in, you know, a, a 12 person bus for three months <laughs> at a time. Um, you know, you don't have a hotel room every day. I mean, I was lucky that most of the tours that I were on were fairly cushy. Um, so I definitely have not experienced the worst of it, but, um, mm. but yeah, it's still, uh, it's still difficult to kind of navigate that, that kind of stuff. And I just think being away from home and being away from routine, um, right now I'm kind of back into that and I I'm enjoying it because for so long I wasn't in that and I'd kind of go in and out of it. And, you know, it's for people that really like routine, um, being on the road is just, it's not that like every day is different. Mm. Some, some days you're waking up at like two, 3 AM go to the airport to like fly to go straight into a show and it's a festival and everything's screwed up. And like the consoles are switched. I mean, that happened to us at Glastonbury and like, Anyway, so yeah, there's, there's pluses and minuses, but I mean, all in all, I think it's been like a positive experience for me for sure. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Cause I know a few people who they're just not suited at all to that kind of life. Like it breaks them. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I definitely, uh, like two years ago I went through, um, I got sick and I just had to really cut down, um, my travel and, uh, my body was just like, you cannot keep going at this pace. So, uh, that was, it was hard at the time because I just, I like to go and do as much as possible all the time, but it really gave me a chance to kind of step back and be like, okay, what do I want my life to be like? Do I want to be burning the candle at both ends for the next 10, 20 years going on these tours? Or do I want to build something else and, uh, be more at home? And I chose to be more at home. So that's kind of where I'm at now. Did you come under much pressure making a decision? Um, well, I think, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was, it was hard because I've turned down lots of like big tours for the last years. Um, but at the same time I've been building in another way. So I just kind of had to make the decision, you know, um, I also, I th for me, you know, I've done a lot of stuff behind the scenes and I, I'm also an artist and, um, I perform and I do speaking engagements and, um, I just really like connecting people with people in that way. So I've been doing a lot mm -hmm. more of that and I decided, you know what, I've done enough of the behind the scenes working with these artists. Like I want to shift and see what it's like on the other side and kind of focus on my own work and, and inspire people and help people and, you know, just help them to do what I've been doing. And, uh, it's a lot more gratifying, where I'm at in this place right now. So. And one of those ways, uh, one of those outlets, I suppose, or projects of yours is the retreat that you did in December, I believe. Tell us about that. Yeah. So it's, uh, the transmute retreat and it was in, uh, the Atlantic center for arts and the, the arts in Florida. And I went to this retreat there. It was like a mini retreat last year. And I just decided, you know what, I'm going to host my own retreat for live performers because that's my passion and helping people grow and just building this community. And, and also this element of health and wellness because of what I went through with getting sick and coming out of that and really having to take care of myself much more. Um, you know, those are like my passions right now are like, 
just being super into um, yoga, meditation, and just taking care of myself and also live performance. And I wanted to create a space for people to like really um, help each other and just collaborate and to take each other's live shows to the next level. So that's what we did. It was a six day thing and had some amazing artists came. Aluna from Aluna George came, which was oh. awesome. Yeah. We had an amazing guitarist, Shauna, who used to play with Four Non Blondes. There's a, just such a, an eclectic group of people there. And I chose them all really carefully. There was a few people, uh, you know, that uh, wanted to come that I didn't feel like would be a fit. And uh, I, you know, I just really wanted like the, the people that were all on board with this, like, health, wellness, and live performance. Uh, and it's very niche. I realized that. I was like, wow, this is, you know, this is very niche, but it was important. So we we started out, it was important to me. Um, mm -hmm. So we started out every day with yoga and meditation. We did uh, lectures and workshops and people would work on their own. They collaborated with each other. And it was just like a big nerd out session for live performers. And like every day at lunch, people would be like, what controller are you using? And I'm doing this, <laughs> you know, and it was just like, it was 24 hours a day. I mean, it was, it was awesome. It was like, it's like a, it was a playground. I mean, the, the location beautiful and, and it's, it's just, it was just so inspiring. And on the last day everyone performed and, it was uh it was just amazing like just everyone brought their different flavors and they everyone stretched you know it was like at the beginning they got there and they're like i'm not sure how i want to do this and you know we helped to guide them and then by the end they're like i'm going to try this thing that i've never tried before like some some people were coming in as vocalists or instrumentalists having never really performed you know using ableton live or controllers and they were like looping their vocals and like doing all this crazy stuff so it was just it was beautiful to to see them um doing this stuff and uh yeah i'm doing it again this year uh in december so and that, I'm I'm just really excited to continue to do stuff like that and I want to do them in different locations too so totally I love that that's so cool so for the people listening who maybe want to get into the behind the scenes stuff whether that's live show design or something else what advice would you give to them and also do electronic music producers people who know how to make music do they have a leg up in their area or is it a completely different skill set entirely definitely think they do have a leg up in a way. Um, but it, the way of using Ableton live is like completely different than producing. But if you, if you're fast at producing and editing, then you can learn how to do it. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's, it's definitely, there's a lot, there's a lot to it that people don't really think about. It's much more than just like knowing how to use Ableton live. Like I've just realized that more and more over the years, it's, a lot about communication, like a lot about communication and reading people and what they want. How so? Like, cause I, I know nothing, I know nothing about this. Uh, so like in rehearsals, you'll be working with the artist or, or musical director and you know, they'll say, Hey, we want to like transition this song to this song. And like, we want to try it like this and you have to create like different versions and present them and say, okay, would you like it, you know, to slow down this much or would you like this segue to be like this? Or would you like this tempo to, you know, I don't know, just like all different kinds of 
things or like sound effects or what have you. And there's like all these different versions of songs and basically you just have like one massive session with tons of songs and it's all flowing. Um, so instead of having one song per session, it's just like having, I don't know, 20, 30 songs in one session. And that gets tricky because, you know, there's all different kinds of tempo ramps. And if you, uh, don't cut something exactly, then it'll mess up the entire rest of the session and just stuff like that. So, uh, so that's more of the technical stuff, but the communication stuff, you just really have to read people. Like you have to like anticipate what they're going to want because mm. that's like, you, you just have to be like lightning fast at it. And a lot of people are really good with Ableton live, but they're not really good with communication stuff. I found, right. um, they're not good at anticipating things or, and that's, that, that's like most of the job, you know, is, is, is there will be like a last minute edit or a last minute cue, or, you know, they'll decide to change, they want to change the auto tune for the song or whatever. And a lot of people don't like to be under that kind of pressure. And, uh, it really, I mean, it doesn't seem that crazy, but like when you're about to go on stage in front of, I don't know. Like I, I've done crazy shows at Glastonbury. I think there's like a hundred thousand people or something like that. You know, so when you're about to like go out to play in front of that many people, it's you know there there is pressure, and so like working well under pressure, and um, yeah, again, anticipating stuff, and and also just like there's so many rules of being on the road and touring, and just like stuff that you wouldn't know, and um, mm. some people just aren't really willing to like show you the ropes. So I've like, I've shown a lot of people the ropes. I, I enjoy doing it, but you know, so it's just like finding those people that, you know, want to show you the ropes and, and, uh, and all that. But yeah, I mean, there's just so many different elements to it and it's also just keeping track of the gear and like keeping track of your stuff and gear safety and like all different kinds of stuff. So anyway. <laughs> sounds very involved. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but definitely if you are a good producer, um, you know, you can be trained. If you if you're a good producer and cuz a lot of it's it, it is producing, you know, like when I was on tour with Kanye, you know, we'd go to different uh locations for like New York and I would you know, made different edits with like different songs about New York or whatever, you know, mm -hmm. and presented it to him and I would just try to like keep ahead, you know, just like always keep my ear to the ground. Like what is potentially going to happen, you know, cause if you wait and then react, then it's like, it's too late basically. So, yeah. Awesome. Uh, so you've got your own artist project, Alux. Yeah. Alux. Um, yeah. I do a lot of, um, performances and been doing a lot of, uh, collaborations with visual artists. I have my own audio visual show now where I'm controlling, a separate uh, machine with uh, with my push controller and my livid instruments. Oh, yeah, in real time. So I, like make beats with my push, and then it'll make basically image beats on the on the laptop, the other laptop uh, for the projections. So that's one element of what I do. And then I also collaborate with a friend of mine, Scott Pagano, who goes by Neitherfield, and um, he has this whole uh, Unreal gaming engine thing and we did a collaboration a few months ago where i was controlling the gaming engine in real time and it's like this massive like 3d like just 
movie quality looking image and it's just all being controlled in real time from my controller and also from my violin. So I'm I'm doing a lot of kind of experiments with audiovisual stuff. I did a um, 360 video, um, do a lot of, you know, presentations and just kind of sharing knowledge and all that good stuff. So, yeah. How do you balance that, like making your own music and pursuing that with, you know, all the other stuff, the business, uh, do you have any strategies or, or habits that have helped you do that? So <laughs> it's, I'm always working on that. And, and, um, yeah, I know you spoke with Jesse and he had some things to say about that. And, uh, yeah, it's, um, it's definitely a challenge. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I, I, every day I try to block out my day and I say, okay, from this time to this time, I'm going to do this. And then, yeah my work can be so reactionary because I don't want it to be, but uh, it's part of like being a boss and being the captain of the the ship and and also dealing with clients that things arise. So I try to keep the the business stuff to the the daytime and do my, all my emails. And, you know, I usually try to do yoga or exercise in the morning and, and then get into emails and, uh, client stuff and working with my people and then do creative stuff in the evening. Uh, that's generally how, how it goes for me. Um, and then, you know, on the weekends kind of a little bit less, but then sometimes I'm just <laughs> working around the clock. Like I was just at the Grammys, uh, I guess almost two weeks ago. And, uh, you know, that was like a whole week of, of stuff. So, um, yeah, I guess it just, it just depends. Um, but I try to carve out time for both. The reason I ask is because like, I struggle a lot with the same thing, running the business, doing the podcasting and trying to make music on the side. And sometimes I just feel guilty for spending time on music, you know? When there, when your, when your to-do list is so long, you know, it's hard to sit down and just make music, but, um, I'm, I'm starting to just schedule it in and just like, okay, I'm just going to sit down mm. at this time and do it. Mm. Yeah. So, um, a lot of it's actually been for me, like hiring other people recently, um, to take over some of the things with my business mm. that, you know, I don't really excel at or want to do like scheduling and invoicing and all that kind of stuff. So, um, I still have to oversee it all, but it's been a little bit of a relief for me because I don't have to be involved in some of the like nitty gritty things of, running the business. So, so with the business, I mean, you kind of talked about what led you to create that on a day to day, what does it look like for you? So, uh, you know, we have our main clients that, um, we're kind of always working with. And right now that's, um, that's like Camilla, Camila Cabello. Harry Styles, Lil Wayne, Logic, Pentatonics, Ray Shremmerd, Reggie Watts, uh, Vic Mensa, Yeah Yeah Yes, The Weeknd. Um, so those are our kind of our main clients, and then other clients will kind of pop up here and there, and we'll you know work with them. But yeah, it's mostly just like making sure they're happy, good with the, you know, everyone's good with the dates. They have all the gear that they need, like, you know, they have prepared for rehearsals. 
Um, like I went to the Grammys with Logic the other week because uh, one of my EC peeps tours with him and that was their all of their first time at the Grammys. So they asked me to come and kind of oversee. And huh. so it's a lot of like overseeing and making sure that everyone is comfortable and knows what's going on. And it's, it's a lot of communication, to be honest. Mm-hmm. It's just like me being that person between everyone saying, okay, like, does everyone have what they need? Is all the gear right? Are the sessions right? You know, all that kind of stuff. So it's a lot of that. It's just a lot of... Um, making sure both the client and my, my team members are uh, sorted with whatever they need. Okay. I've got a few more questions and then we'll wrap this up. What books or resources have been the most helpful to you? This is a tough one for me because there's been so, so many books. Um, I'm trying to think, uh, Oh, one, there's a book called the one thing recently that Jesse turned me on to. I, you know, for those of us that are just interested in so many different things, uh, it really helps to dial it down. Um, there's this guy, Brendan Burchard, that I listened to, like the marketing guy. He's got like this uh, a book that I've been listening to on Audible about like creating your day. And like, um, that's been really inspiring for me. I listen to a lot of podcasts, um, really into something called the Life Coach School, which is kind of a little more out there, but um, it's this woman who teaches people to uh, listen into their thought processes a little bit more and to really like shift some of our limiting beliefs that we have. And uh, so I listened to that podcast and I also do her program, which is amazing. Um, so I, I highly recommend that one. Um, I do a lot of just like listening to stuff because I'm always in the go and I like to jog and, and all that kind of stuff. So, um, but yeah, a lot of, a lot of podcasts and what are some other podcasts that you listen to? Um, well, I think everyone listens to Tim Ferriss. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Let's see. Let me go to my library real quick. Uh, I like one called the ultimate health podcast. That one's okay. really awesome. Um, yeah. Cause I'm really into, you know, health and feeling good and happy mm. and all that kind of stuff. Um, Kevin Cruz, I've been really into recently, uh, with a K. Um, he's does a lot of like leadership kind of stuff. And so I listen to him. Um, I did listen to Gary V for a while, but now I'm kind of Gary V'd out. Yeah, I do. I do. <laughs> He's awesome. Um, and then, you know, meditation stuff like Tara Brock, she's amazing. Um, I just love like listening to her, her podcasts. And uh, there's also something called Popcast, which is interesting for music. Um, okay. It's like really like dialed down like songs and structures and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So it's kind of a good mix of like, like marketing stuff and, you know, spirituality and uh, music basically. Yeah. That's awesome. I will list all of that out in the show notes. Awesome. For this episode. Uh, what is coming up for you over the next say, well, zero to 12 months? Doing this, uh, this thing in March, it's a 
first time I'm doing anything like this. It's a training course for uh, people to learn how to become live show programmers and designers. And, you know, I just really enjoy helping people. And I have a lot of people reaching out to me saying, how can we learn and how can we be a part of your team? And, you know, what you've built is really amazing. And we just like want to get a foot in and, so uh, everyone that I've been training has been one by one up until this point. And I just realized, hey, this isn't exactly the most effective way to go about this. <laughs> and I just have just decided, you know what, I'm just going to share my knowledge and, and open it up to people. So I have this program called Master Track, and we're announcing it on Monday, which is going to be the 12th of February. And... It's going to be in LA, um, March 19th through the 30th. And we're going to be doing it at this space called bedrock, which is a rehearsal space. And it's going to be like a two week live show design programming nerd out fest. And <laughs> it's going to be awesome. I'm going to have a bunch of people that work for my team come and share their experiences on the road. And, we're basically going to set it up so that um, there's a week of lecturing and just problem solving, and then a week of trying out different scenarios and like mm. putting people to the test. And so um, that's the big thing that I'm working on right now. And I'm really excited about it because the people that are, that are coming so far are just incredible. And we haven't even fully like announced it yet, but people are starting to find out and they're like, okay, we want to come to this. Um, so if, people are interested in learning more about this, they can go to the electronic creatives website um, next week and through my socials, but it's more through the electronic creatives kind of socials. Um, And uh, yeah, so working on that and uh, working on releasing some new music and then playing some festivals this summer. Um, I'm actually also working on a television show right now, which I can't talk about, but uh, interesting. Yeah. But I'll be able to, uh, reveal that soon, but it's kind of my first, first time working on a TV show like this. And, uh, it's the first time that, um, you know, my company or any of my team is kind of like moved into that space, which is really interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, so now we're going to occupy the TV space as well as the touring space, which I'm excited about. Fantastic. Yeah. And then later on this year, I'm going to do my transmute retreat again. So, uh, yeah, it's kind of how it's shaking out right now. Awesome. Thanks for your time. I've got one more question for you. Yeah. Uh, a lot of guests hate this question, but you're walking down the street. Uh, you're in LA, right? I am. Yeah. So you're walking down the street in LA somewhere and a UFO comes down. They're going to abduct you, okay? But they say, they give you a piece of paper and a pen and they say to you, before we abduct you, you can write three pieces of advice for uh, the world or just producers or whatever you want. Uh, You can write three pieces of advice to leave behind. What's on that piece of paper? The the very first thing that comes to my mind is be yourself. I mean, God, that sounds so corny and so cheesy, but I feel like I started becoming way more successful when I just started embracing who I am. And, you know, for a while I was like, oh, I can't be an artist and be a business person and do all this stuff. And now I'm just like, you know what? I'm just doing all this stuff and that's who I am. And yeah, I'm just going to like own it. 
So there's that, um, take care of yourself, man, gosh, people run themselves into the ground totally. <laughs> and you can learn that the hard way. And like, you seem like you're invincible. And then one day you're, you know, really not feeling well. So, you know, everything in moderation and, um, and, or just like completely stop doing certain things. Like I actually quit drinking two years ago. Um, I just decided, you know what, I don't think this serves me anymore and I'm just going to try it out. And now I'm like so clear and so focused and just so on my game. So, you know, that's not for everyone, but, um, I definitely think, you know, there was a time in my life where I thought that like partying was going to make me more creative. And now that I've kind of matured a little bit, I just decided, you know what, um, I'm so much more productive being clear. So definitely taking care of yourself. And then the third thing is just community, like, surrounding yourself with good people that get you that support you and lift you up you know life is too short to be hanging around people that tell you that you're never going to be anything or never going to be successful or don't believe in you or you know it's really important and um i think just finding your tribe like just putting yourself out there and just being positive and like just really paying attention to what you're telling yourself and like what um, how you're presenting yourself and what you're saying to other people. Cause if, if you keep saying like, this is really hard or this is never going to work, da, 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 then it's probably not going to happen. Um, so I think just being more aware and just like cultivating that awareness as you progress. 